Hey, Jenny, how are you? Hey, Megan, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And just, you know, like how many more days till Christmas and what doesn't even feel like Christmas, you know? I know it's crazy. It's um, like, here we are end of 2020. We've made it. I know, but I like keep trying to caution myself that I will not wake up on January 1st, 2021 and have just like a monumental life change. It'll still be 2020. Oh yeah. No, it's still very much going to be 2020. We're still going to be here, but I, I, I feel good. I think it's time to have hope, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's time that 2020 like moves on and whatever 2021 entails, I think it will hopefully be on the upswing. I don't know. I was thinking about this this morning when I was listening to every, they were basically interviewing people in Britain about yes. vaccine. And it was so honestly refreshing because they interviewed elderly people because they're the first people besides doctors, which like they're trusting of the medical system, which they should be there in it. But when they interviewed elderly people, people were just like, why would you not get the vaccine? Like, mm-hmm. of course I'm going to get it. And you guys mm-hmm. aren't, you're idiots. And I was just like, there, you know what? There is still hope. There is. And British people are great and they're going to tell it to you like it is. And when they tell you that you're a moron, it just sounds better. No, that's true. And so I've also been really loving the, the British interviews. They've been, they've been giving me a little bit of life. Right. It's like having somebody tell Americans that they are twats for lack of a better word. Cause like, that's like a word that they use and they say it and it's just so casual, but also yeah. so just like nice. And so, you know, I'm here for them getting the vaccine first because I, I hope that hearing them say it's okay to get this vaccine will hopefully help Americans that are skeptical of the system, which I, I have thoughts on that, but yeah. not this podcast, but like, come on, you guys, like it's your duty to do it. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that will happen, but I. But either way, I love the interviews with the British people. They're excited. They're excited with the British accent, and yeah. I think that's all we can ask for in these times. Did you see the one guy who they? It was like CNN or something. I interviewed him, and they said, "You know, how do you feel about it?" And he was just mad that he didn't have parking. Like he couldn't find parking on the street for his vaccine appointment. And he was like, and I almost missed the appointment. And I'm just so mad about the bloody parking. <laughs> was, That's tough. We yeah. need parking, yeah. free COVID vaccine parking for all. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, digress. Um, yeah. So super exciting. We have a listener question, right? We do because, you know, our podcast finally went live after eight months of us doing practice recordings that we then had to delete because they were completely irrelevant. Uh, we put out our first two episodes and people have actually listened to it. Now, I think we mostly know them, but, but it's great. <laughs> you have to start somewhere, right? And I'm here for it. You um, do. And we welcome feedback. So if people have feedback for us. I know that I ramble a lot in the first one, maybe the second one too, you know, send us your thoughts, your feelings. We will only get better with feedback. But also be nice, like be nice. Like let's all just be nice because it's 2020. But um, so tell me this question. Yeah, so we got a question last week. We talked about how to get your message into the conversation when the media landscape is crowded. And so the question basically says, it's it's a few bubbles, um, but so I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down a little bit. But the question is basically, who are the people who would not know about uh, news if there was not a news cycle, but who are part of the audience who will care? 
So basically, you know, kind of comparing it to the disinterested voter um, or the disengaged voter rather, um, you know, who are the people who care about it, but, you know, without a news cycle, um, they might not know about it. So yeah, that's a question. So I think one of the things that you have to figure out is why do they care, right? So the disengaged voter, that's interesting because that person cares for a different reason than somebody who may be very focused on a single policy issue or who is focused on a broader policy push or initiative, or even just, you know, like they feel very compelled and they feel very in line with the party. And so, you know, without getting political, I think you think about a disengaged voter, you think, how do you, how do you make sure that they care? And in this cycle, I felt like I saw people that maybe are not as in tune with policy that like you or I may be, but felt like I have to vote because if I don't vote, it's wrong and not, you know, whoever they voted for, but if I don't actually go out there and exercise the ability that I have to vote, not just like it's wrong because I am living in America and I have this opportunity, but like, what will people think of me? Mm -hmm. And so tapping into that, you know, idea of how can some, I'm trying to think of the most eloquent way to say this without making it seem like people are like, small-minded, but sometimes, right, the reason people care is because they care what other people think about them, mm -hmm. and so figuring that issue out and figuring out that kind of purpose behind them going out to actually act on a specific thing is really important, and so when I think about how do you make sure that your news is reaching those people, you have to understand why do they care, what would make them want to actually show up and read your article or listen? And sometimes it is because somebody else has read it, right? Or it's because they're going to be entering into a conversation at some point where that will be talked about. And so like this year is obviously super weird and we don't have like cocktail parties and holiday parties, but no joke, like in the past, I would review the news before I would go to one because somebody would inevitably say something about something that maybe I didn't necessarily really feel invested in, but I look like an idiot if I didn't understand that that was happening. And so mm -hmm. figuring out why does somebody want to show up and learn about what you're doing? What's their reason for it? And then I think it also goes back to the channel then. How do you make sure it's getting to them? Mm -hmm. I think that this person mm -hmm. actually asked about the Real Housewives and how you know people will figure out that information on like a Friday night. It's yep. making sure you have the right channel there. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this year, it kind of goes back to, especially if we keep on the disengaged voter theme, you know, how MTV back in the 90s started the Get Out the Vote campaign because young people were not engaged in the political process. And I think it's that mentality that you bring to whatever your audience is. So, you know, MTV was the completely correct channel and, and outlet and method to, to, to reach young voters. I mean, all we were doing was sitting around and watching TRL. And, and so, you know, the, the more that we could talk about voting on TRL, the better. Now, um, you know, it's more targeted ads or, you know, conversations using Instagram, partnering with influencers and having them get out the vote um, or whatever, you know, the message may be. And so I think those rules still apply. Um, it's just not, it may just not be, you know, the traditional media now has a totally different connotation and, and a totally different place. And it's thinking how you can get creative and use all of your, um, 
everything that you have in the toolbox to reach your audience. Yeah, you know, I think we used to see in the past, you know, and I'll be just totally honest, this like predates me a little bit, right, in terms of like my career, tra- my career traje- trajectory, but you would see it would heat Friday at five, okay, and so like the news cycle slows. Now, I don't, I think in the past, you know, a couple decades, it's never really ended, but there was this, okay, five o'clock, like let's shut it down and things that happened over the weekend, did people really care about them? Now with the ability, and I know something that we're going to talk about today is social media, now with social media and with all of the different avenues that you have to reach people and reach your audiences, you have the ability to tap into those, not just so that they can reach the right audience, but at the right time, right? And so this is where social media, I think a lot of people, and I know we're going to talk about this, but a lot of people think like, oh, why do I need an Instagram page? Why do I need a Facebook page, right? I would make the argument that there's a couple of reasons you need it, but then you actually need to know how to use it, which is the other thing, like looking at when are actually people surfing, surfing, quote unquote, um, you guys can't see me do my cool air quotes, but when are people actually going and, you know, going through their Instagram feed, what time is it? How are you making sure that your story is showing up for them so that they're consuming it in a time frame that makes them take the information in, have it resonate with them and then do something with it. What's the call to action you need them to do? And so I think that's a good and interesting segue into what we really wanted to chat about today, which is, do you need a social media strategy, right? What is the, what is the purpose of a mom and pop restaurant and having a social media strategy? What is the purpose in a large consulting company that only deals with government entities having a social media strategy? And I think that it's kind of at this point, you have to have one. It just depends on the segment in the industry, what your strategy is, and it has to be unique to you. I agree. And, you know, so one of the things that, you know, we wanted to look at is exactly that, you know, who is your audience? And so I think, you know, right now, when you, if you are the marketing or the social media person and you go into present to your CMO, perhaps, and and maybe they're a little bit older, or you're going to talk to a leader, whoever it may be, and you say, we need a social media strategy, they may immediately think, well, you're talking about Twitter, you're talking about Instagram, or, you know, whatever it is. But depending on what your company is, and what its purpose is, and who your stakeholders are, that is not what you mean. So for example, in the case of a large, you know, contractor or a big law firm or something to that nature, you're not talking about Instagram. Maybe you're talking about Twitter a little bit, but really you're talking about a LinkedIn strategy and, you know, maybe a Facebook strategy as well. If your consumer is a little bit older for being honest, Facebook at this point, isn't really for people under the age of 30. It's really for people you know, in the 35 above, and really it's people who are in their 50s and older who are really paying attention to what they're seeing on Facebook. So crafting a strategy around that. But if you're a new local restaurant and you're trying to get into people's feeds, putting a little bit of money behind Instagram and doing some targeted ads in your area, people are gonna see what you're doing and they're gonna wanna get in. So it's really about understanding who you're trying to reach and, and what you wanna tell them. Yeah, I mean, I think about social media at this point as 
media, right? Like, like maybe we stop calling it like social media. I remember when I went to grad school, it was called new media. And then that like very quickly got dropped. It lasted for like two years. And I think that the program was like, oh, how do we, <laughs> this is changing rapidly. And what becomes new media? Like now do they learn about TikTok? I don't know. TikTok is not new media anymore. Like, let's just make me feel old. But anyways, um, you know, making sure that you have a presence is akin to making sure that you have the lights on in your restaurant, right? And so here's just like a very timely example. Last night, I got super jazzed because we had to leave our house because selling our house. And those of you who have sold a house, like I feel your pain. You have to like leave and make it not look lived in, but also lived in. And so thank you, Redfin, for the guidance that you gave us, which was very clear. But anyways, we have to leave the house. And so I said, well, hey, let's drive down to this restaurant that we used to love down in like a different part of town and grab some pizza from there because we never go down there and we just never get delivery from it. And before we left, I was like, oh, you know, let's look at the menu. And I did not go to Google. I went to Instagram to pull it up and like sad COVID times, the restaurant unfortunately closed. And so like support your local restaurants, buy gift cards, everything like that. But Good thing you, checked. you would have driven so far. I know. Good thing to cancel this, the show and canceled. So after we were in the car, we just got out of the car much too. my dogs dismay, but <laughs> like, you want to like really see a heartbroken thing, put a leash on your dog, put him in the car and then drive around the block exactly. and then like get out. <laughs> and, like It's like the saddest thing in the world. They're just like, what? I thought we were going for a walk. Right. So, you know, but I looked on Instagram to see if they were open or not if they were open, but that's where I found out they weren't. But, you know, you have to have a presence and there's a company that closed, but still had a presence and said, this is why we closed. Like, you know, maybe we'll be back in 2021. We're not really sure. But I didn't go to Google is like the big takeaway of that. And so I think, you know, you make the argument of having some kind of presence for a couple of reasons. One, if you don't, somebody else is going to grab it. And like, that's just an opportunity for misinformation. And so you need to own that space. But then two, you need to also create your own storefront, right? Think about it, even if you're not going to utilize it. And so I think about Facebook, for example, I think that it's inexcusable for a brand not to have a Facebook page at this point. I'm not saying you have to use it like, we all know the kind of people that are sitting on Facebook all day and every day, but if you're not using creating your own platform there and putting at least like the details on your business being open, things like that, you're asking for somebody else to come in and run that. And that's just not a, maybe we talk about this in the future, but that's just not a crisis that you want to willy, willingly put yourself into. And so owning and, and there that. Are people who will go in and just create pages they kind of make up a business or they Google to see who doesn't have a page and they invade your space. I mean, that is a real thing that happens. And so, you know, you want, I, I completely agree with you, wanting to make sure that you own that space and can own your own narrative is one of the most important things that you can do from the second you decide to establish your business or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, people are trolls, like, and so we have to act like they're trolls. And so, you know, own that space. But I want to get to something that you talked about, which is understanding your audience. And then how do you make sure that you're using the right platform to actually meet the needs of your audience? And one of my like biggest pet peeves is when somebody takes a piece of content and they put the same thing on all their channels. It actually drives me crazy. Like there's a time and a place for using each of these and what you post on Instagram should not show up on LinkedIn. And I see this again and again, right? And it's just understand the ins and outs of each channel and then use each to your advantage. Take the time to actually dig into the insights and then make it like a game. 
figure out what's working for you. And you can, it's super easy, right? You can very easily Google and see best practices for all these platforms. Leveraging those best practices is important. It is. And, you know, it's also having, you know, these different platforms that you're using in different ways, but keeping your authentic voice consistent across the different platforms is super important. So you're saying the same thing. It sounds like you, it feels like you, it looks like you, but what you are saying, you know, is, is different for the audience. It's going to resonate differently. It's going to hit differently. And, you know, so you, you want to have somebody on your team. It's funny what, like even five years ago saying that you wanted a social media person on your team was a joke. Like, you know, it meant, okay, I want some kid who understands how to link me to Twitter. But now, I mean, we know that there is real strategy behind how you use your social media and the voice that you're establishing for your brand and, and what it looks like and what it feels like and how it sounds. And, um, you know, that's really what matters. And you might be the same company, but your audience is going to be different on Facebook than it is on Instagram, than it is on Twitter, than it is on LinkedIn. Um, but bringing all of those stakeholders together through these different platforms is really what you want to try to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that goes back to the, to our listener question, thank you so much, um, <laughs> is this idea of making people feel like they're involved in a community and that's what social media is, right? It's a community. And so that there's a reason that you see, obviously we all know this, hopefully there's a reason that you see who likes pictures that you have in your Instagram feed. It's to make you feel like you need to be involved in that conversation, right? And so if I go through and I see that Jenny liked something, it's, I'm more likely to either dig in or more importantly, like it. And then that gives that brand more information on me and things that I like, and it gives Instagram more information on me and things that I like. And so then they can serve me ads, right? And so, you know, making sure that you're creating content that's not just putting information out there into the void, but making content that's engaging. And that's where that authenticity piece comes in. People want to engage with people that are authentic. One of the things that I always counsel my clients is to think about your social media as a person. And would you engage in somebody that was inauthentic? Probably not. So how, how do you drive your channels to be a reflection of your true self so that people feel confident and comfortable having conversations with you. That's what that is. For sure. And I think the other piece of that is in addition to the brand being able to get information about me because you liked it and, and then they can serve me other information. You know, if I see that you like something, but I'm not following it, but then I'm going to like it and start following it. People who follow me are going to say, I just saw what Jenny liked. What is that? So by creating content that is engaging and that people want to um, interact with, you're gonna grow a bigger audience and more people are going to become aware of who you are. But I think, you know, one of the other things that we wanted to talk about, you know, briefly is that social media also cannot be your end all be all. There has to be a 360 communication strategy. You cannot do all of your communication. You can't only have a voice through social media, you still need to understand the best ways to connect with your consumer, whether that's, you know, an email newsletter, something through the website, you know, all of these different communications tactics that we have, um, you know, there needs to be a place where you can get out a full message and explain who you are and, and make sure that you are communicating regularly. You can't only rely on social because again, people are trolls and 
things can go awry from there if you only rely on it. No, that's such a good point. I see a lot of companies that are in more of like the wellness space. Like, let's just be honest. Some of these companies that are in like wellness or in like really like hipper brands, if you will, rely strictly on influencer strategy. And they think like, oh, if I just get a bunch of influencers to use my stuff and then share it, then everybody's going to flock to it, right? And I've seen this fail miserably because you get a bunch of influencers to share your stuff. But then at the end of the day, how many of those influencer followers are genuine followers or did they just follow them because maybe they saw a cool workout video one day. Maybe they had to for a giveaway and those people are never going to act. And so it's, it's making sure that you have a full strategy that is for your social media, but then for your brand as well. So yes, yeah, social media can work for you. Yeah. An influencer strategy. That's super important. Make sure you have the right influencers, but then how does that ladder up to your overall like demand gen goals? How are you actually going to create and generate this feeling of, I need your product, making sure that you understand why your audience needs your product and then can reach them in the channels that they like to consume their information on is really important. And social media is part of that. Yeah. And I think probably something else that we could spend time talking about, but don't have the time today is if you decide to start working with influencers and third parties, have you done your research to make sure that they're completely legit? Because how many of these influencers are getting in trouble for, I mean, God knows what, whether it's, you know, copying from, you know, other businesses and, you know, trying to pawn it off as their own thing. And then the brands that are associated with them are getting in trouble because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. So it's a whole other level of, you know, diligence that you need to to be instituting. And, um, you know, so that's just a mistake that you can make. But I, I think probably, you know, I know we're coming up on time today, but the most important takeaways, you know, for me here today, and I think for people to think about as they think about how to use social media to communicate is knowing your audience and where they are. Yeah, know your audience and where they are and then know what the channel does, right? Make sure you understand. One of my favorite things is when people ask me about Instagram reels and I'm just, sometimes I'm like, why? Sometimes I'm like, yeah, great. Like, let's do it. But then there are companies that I, you know, consult with that sometimes they'll ask about things like that. And I'm just like, mm, you are a, you know, multinational corporation that doesn't have a need to be on this or whatever it might be. Right. And so all for creativity, try things out on the platform. That's the beauty of social media. There's a lot of forgiveness in the sense that you can try something. And if it doesn't work, it costs you very little, if anything. And if it doesn't work, maybe no one will see it. <laughs> Right. Exactly. If it doesn't work, it means nobody saw it, which is great. And like, while it's sad, no likes on a photo, like I do get that like dopamine rush when people like it. So I'm here for it, but it's sad, but Hey, it was a very like low risk thing that you did. So here for that. But, you know, I think one of the things that, um, we have seen is that social media can be used really super successfully to build a brand. And so I'm like really, really excited about our next one. Um, our next show where we have somebody coming on, who's going to talk to us a little bit about how she built a brand and what ch um, channel she used to do it. And so I'm really excited to have Ashley next week. Yeah. Next week, we're going to have Ashley Spites on. She, um, started her own business really kind of in the middle of a pandemic, but, you know, from the very beginning, she was really authentic to what she wanted her mission to be and the way she wanted the brand to look and feel and what she wanted the voice to be. So we're going to talk to her about that. Yeah. 
Awesome. Okay. Well, Hey, survive the rest of this week. Um, when we closer to 2021 and yep. we'll talk soon. Great. Can't wait. Thank you.